You're listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. Hi, I'm Randy Altman, and welcome to the latest edition of Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast. For this episode, Ian Blair sat down with director Paris Barkley to talk about the limited series Dahmer. We hope you enjoy. You pretty much uh, directed every great show in the history of TV. That's what I try to do. I try to do yeah. every great show in the history of TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another one. So how did you prep for this show? I mean, what was what was needed? Well, how did you just give us a sense of how you got organized to do this? Well, I was fortunate in that I got the script a week or two before I actually had to start official prep. So I could just ruminate on it and just imagine it. And what I kept coming back to is music. Not the music that would play, but the whole thing as a kind of musical system. Um, And that became sort of my private touchstone. I didn't really express that to everyone else, but I am a composer. And I think in terms of beats and silences and crescendos and the blending of different instruments. And so I tried to sort of play it like I would play a score that I loved. And so that was sort of the overarching design of it. And then we got technical into the period of, you know, thousands and thousands of meetings. What would the slice of meat look like that, you know, that appears in the final scene of the movie? You know, that was probably seven meetings just in and of itself. (laughs) Really? (laughs) How would we do Tony's story? And would it differ in terms of the style of the show from everything else we were doing? Yeah, how would we be able to bring Evan not only to that period, but to kind of a brighter mood than we'd seen him in the past? And so we met with Ryan. I met with David McMillan, who was uh, one of the writers in the episode. He was there available to me. And Tanase Popa, who's one of the producers. And we hashed out all these things bit by bit by bit. And then we changed them constantly because that's the way it goes. Right. Um, so just break it down for us. So we have the nuts and bolts. So- which episodes did you direct? I directed episode six, Silence, which right. was the story of Tony Hughes, who unfortunately falls under the spell of Jeffrey Dahmer. And then I did God of Vengeance, God of Forgiveness, the finale, episode 10, the last episode of the um, episode. Right. So let's get into some of the nuts and bolts. I mean, who is your DP on this? John O'Connor was a DP on both episodes. Okay. You know, we began working with a template that had been established in the first episode by uh, Jason McCormick and Carl Franklin, the DP and the director. Jason McCormick was sort of our visual stylist working with Ryan to really conceive how the whole show would look. So he left a rule book, basically, simply one page of different visual rules we had to adhere to, which we had to deviate from. So it was great, great to have the rule book. And we used it like I used the music. It, it became something that, you know, um, we kind of brought in and out depending upon the scene and the circumstances. So what cameras did you use and what lenses and why? Are you? Uh, I believe we were Sony to... Venice. I mean, that's interesting. I think we were Sony yes. Venice in the show. I think we used the Blackwing 7 series of, of lenses, which is the lenses that were developed by Bradford Young and others. Oh, yeah that create that very particular patina and have that bokeh and that they, they just have this certain fall off and this certain glow. And of course those lenses were undoubtedly tweaked by Jason McCormick to make sure they were exactly what we wanted. 
Yeah. Uh, I think those were our basic cameras. I believe we had two sets of the black wings. We had one that was a little bit more traditional in the black wing style, and one that was a little bit more uh, distorted that we used at certain moments in the in the series. Right. So the shoot, where did you do all this stuff? All of this was shot here in Los Angeles, Raleigh Studios. I'm sorry. Oh, Raleigh, okay. So how long was the each episode in terms of the shoot schedule? Well, it depended. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> while we were shooting episode six, we were also cleaning up parts of one and other episodes. And so it went a little longer uh, than normal. I believe in the end, I ended up shooting maybe 18 days or so on the episode. Episode 10 was a bit more efficient. I think episode 10 was a little shorter. It was more like 14 days. But they're definitely longer than your traditional episodes because we shot more cinematically and right. it takes more time to make those setups and to, to get the beautiful look we were hoping for. Right. And did you? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting uh, from a post perspective because episode six in particular starts in a very different look. It right. starts you know, generally in a brighter, sunnier look. Even the nights are not quite as dark and quite as yellow because we were in, living in Tony Hughes's world. And the club was more alive and had more vibrant colors. And then as Jeffrey Dahmer intruded in it, we started to come back to some of the visual vocabulary and color and style that you'd associated with him previously. And eventually as we moved through it, that kept coming back. You know, when he tries or when he considers actually um, crushing the pills and trying to, you know, drug Tony, you see it go back to the style that you've gotten used to. He's center punched in the center of the frame in very tight focus. And the colors of yellow and the colors of despair that we'd associated with him come back. And that finally ends up with the final scene where we were actually surrounded in the darkness of his apartment, the dank yellow atmosphere. And finally he gets enclosed completely in black. So the whole thing, the orchestra was playing the cello line intermittently in the episode and then the cello line kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger until at the end when the cello becomes a bass and the sound sort of drops out in the bottom um so that's part of the the mix of this particular episode how early on did you integrate post into the shoot i mean was stuff going on at the same time oh yeah <laughs> so break it down for us. What was oh, so? I was super fortunate to have Taylor Joy Mason as the editor on the episode, and she was brilliant and came up with lots of great ideas. And we were on the phone talking about things that I was delivering, and she was trying things that were you know somewhat experimental and not necessarily in the traditional style of the show, but that opened it up, like that flutter cutting between um, Evan Peters' character between Dahmer and Tony when we actually go back to him telling his parents that he met a good friend and then we go back to the club. You know, that was a real collaboration and editorial from the get-go. And then also with lighting, with using the strobes to really make it intermittent and being able to flip him back and forth between sort of experiences. So we were talking all along and we were also talking about sound because sound plays such a critical role in this. We're saying, well, which scenes are we really gonna drop the sound out? We recorded sound everywhere, obviously. But we didn't plan to use sound everywhere, but we always had it. And thank God we did, because some of the scenes that are scripted or that we planned to be silent ended up actually having dialogue in it. And some of the scenes that we planned to have dialogue actually ended up being without. So right. it was a constant back and forth of decisions. And that lasted all the way through to the last mix. And when you were talking about editing with, uh, I think it was Taylor, 
Taylor Mason, yes. Well, we're talking about episode six. Mm -hmm. Episode six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All period pieces, and this is one, need visual effects. So what was involved there? How, I mean, were they on set? Were you involved in, you had well, to integrate that to some degree, right? We use very few visual effects in episode six. I mean, I believe we did some cleanup. We did some things in the first scene to keep the baby animated and alive because some of the baby is not a real baby, but they were done by Fuse FX and they were very, very limited. In right. episode 10, when we actually had to kill Jeffrey Dahmer, we did use a lot of visual effects to actually make that death as vivid as we needed it to be. We had to change his face a bit. We had to add blood and sometimes to track blood. So that was sort of a visual effects um, um, surgery and redo to a certain extent to make sure that we balanced it all the way that we wanted to see it. Right. What was the hardest scene in either episode for you to shoot and why? That's such a good question. Um, honestly, for me, the hardest scene to shoot in either episode was Tony Hughes's last scene in, in Silenced, where his mother remembers him being there, sitting at the table, saying he's going to go out, and they talk about him working for a condom factory, and they joke a little bit about AIDS and she has that be careful tone and he has his jovial thing and he goes to the door and he says, you know, I love you in sign language. And I have to say every take of that just broke my heart because I knew that this is a son who's never coming back. So while physically it's not, I mean, I knew where to put the camera. I knew that we would have a wife that would take us back into the past. Just emotionally, the mother's love, her not knowing what was going to happen but the audience's dread of what, what, what had happened at that point in the story um, made it just, I was just an emotional wreck on that day. Right. Um, what about the grade and the, you know, the coloring? Were you involved in that? Well, the color was done by Douglas Delaney at Picture Shop, who is brilliant. He did every episode of the show. What's and his he, name? Douglas what? Douglas Delaney. Okay, at Picture Shop. He did every episode of the show and he supervised it. And, and, you know, in terms of the orchestra playing, he brought it from some of the brighter tones that lived in Tony Hughes's world and the optimism to, you know, back to John Dahmer's yellow, dark world in the end. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention that all of this production happened, all of the post-production anyway happened when I was already on another Ryan Murphy series, The Watcher. So I had, oh, okay. Alexis, I had Alexis Martin Woodall, was the president of Ryan's company and brilliant in post. I had Regis Kilbin, Kimball rather, who was the supervising editor, who is terrific. And I had Todd Neninger, who supervised, supervises post. So they were the people who actually executed my dreams on the stage. And those three with co-producer Scott James really get a lion's share of the credit. And I really hope you'll mention them because they are the ones who traveled this thing from beginning but even though you are on another project, you must have been kind of keeping an eye on things. Right? I keep my nose to the ground. I like to see cuts when they allow me to see them. And they don't want to distract yeah. me from my current Ryan Murphy job. Right. But the good thing is I trust them. The good thing is these are people that I know from my experience are going to make things better. These are not people on some shows I have to really worry about post. Yeah. They, oh, they're going to turn this into something else. In this show, what usually comes back is a great improvement over what went in. 
You're listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. Give me a snappy sum up of this whole show. I mean, you've directed, I don't know, like West Wing, uh, NYPD, you know, all these incredible shows. Where did this rate in terms of creative satisfaction and challenges for you? Uh, it rates among number one as most challenging. Why was that? Um, because of the subject matter, because of my personal feelings about Dahmer, which were very um, honestly strongly anti-Dahmer, and because of the complexities of dealing with deaf actors and actually elevating them and making sure people understood that they were the protagonists, and also the sound issues of it made it extremely challenging. I mean, we were lucky, and I didn't mention these people, we had the sound team at Formosa Group, who are terrific. We had great sound mixers and supervising sound editors. And this was really a sound show. And that made it more complicated than Glee with the music, because this involved taste. This involved exactly when do you lose the sound and what replaces it. And creating the sound of what a deaf person might hear if they're unable to hear. And so they created this roar that had a, a flavor and a feel to it. It wasn't quite a plane, it wasn't quite air. That had to be imagined by people. And they just did a terrific job of it. So it's number one in terms of degree of difficulty and challenging. And I would say it was number uh, 10 in terms of enjoying. Right, <laughs> that makes sense. It's up there, but it yeah. wasn't highly, it wasn't highly enjoyable every day. Yeah. Every day there was a lot of pain and a lot of emotion. And so it, it, while mostly it was satisfying, I would not put it at the very top. Yeah. No, it had to be quite harrowing, I think, at times. It's very difficult, especially because we really wanted to focus on the victims and not make this the Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. show, despite the title. Yeah. So I felt an obligation. I felt an obligation to Tony Hughes and to his family to show him heroically and to make him the protagonist of this story. Well, you did a great job, and Paris, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. For more information, please visit pugetsystems.com.